one-stop shop for all things football here on WFUV Sports. Oh, it's so good to be back with you. DJ Sixsmith alongside Matt Morrow. Matty Morrow making your debut Woo! on the pod. Welcome aboard, my friend. It feels good. It feels it feels good. I was watching you from the other side last year and just admiring everything that happened here on NFL Friday. And now I get to hopefully not mess it up. Well, you'll try not to mess it up. <laughs> and we'll try not to mess up the next hour for you. We'll take you through all of this week's games. We'll recap yesterday's game between the Seahawks and the Packers and get into all the latest news, including the place I want to start with Wes Welker's suspension, Matt. He will be missing the first four games of the season. And it's very interesting because Roger Goodell has been a little bit wishy-washy when it comes to suspensions, yeah. whether it be Ray Rice, Alden Smith, Josh Gordon. He kind of just universally decides how many games he wants to suspend, <laughs> right. and then you go from there. But with Wes Welker, it's interesting because he had a drug test that he failed back in May where when he was at the Kentucky Derby throwing <laughs> yeah. money around after winning – that's when he supposedly, yeah, allegedly, allegedly tested positive right. for MDMA, which, of course, on the streets, known <laughs> as Molly. So, Matt, do you think the NFL got it right here? Because some people are saying, first time you use a drug recreationally, you get a pass. Right. So, I'm in the belief that Wes Welker should have just gotten a warning. This had nothing to do with football. No. And it was months ago. It seems, I mean, from our perspective, it seems so unlikely that this is a PED situation. And it just feels so hard to tell at this time whether or not suspensions are right or wrong because there's so much so many questions about previous rulings and like you said we don't know what's going on in the mind of Goodell and others around him who help him with those decisions when at times it seems like he's getting no help at all because they seem like weird decisions and how do you justify four games for Wes Welker and two games for Ray Rice for domestic right. abuse so I, mean, I just don't so see how regardless you do that. Reg if you look at it this way regardless of there's the whole issue of is this recreational or performance enhancing regardless of the answer if you again, and this, I mean, this, we've talked about this on other platforms, but it, it's, it's not that Roger Goodell is saying that one is more important than the other, but when you do apply a number to something, you're quantifying it. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is, regardless of whether Wes Welker did this recreationally or for performance enhancing reasons, it's uh, it's punishable by double the length of what Ray Rice went through in his domestic violence case. And I think if you ask most people on the street, which person should be punished more? Heavily, I think most people would say Ray Rice. So to me, it, yeah. it makes no sense at all. But a lot of that also goes to the Ray Rice thing. And that's, I mean, something that's been talked about for a long time now. And we've gone over it. It, it was just, I mean, and Roger Goodell came, was, came out after the fact and said, yeah, you know what? I, I messed up. We I, got it I, wrong. It's now six which, games and then suspended for life. Yeah. That's great that he came out and said something like that. But it's still a little weird. Like, okay. I'm the supreme ruler of these things. You but totally I messed, messed up. up. Yeah. Listen, we could have a whole show on Roger Goodell, the suspensions right. for the NFL. Let's get into the nitty so, gritty of how this actually affects the Broncos because let's start with Wes Welker. He had his third concussion in a year yeah. in the preseason. Honestly, Matt, I think this is a blessing in disguise. It's going to hurt your team in, way. in the first four games. Right. But for Wes Welker, a guy who's been so critical, whether it be for Tom Brady, whether it be for Peyton Manning, you get the time to fully heal. And listen, he's not a spring chicken anymore. He's 30s, in his 30s, right. mid-30s. He needs this time to and, heal. And he plays a position on the field that lends itself to getting hit over the middle in a blindside fashion like this re most recent hit that's put him out before the, any talk of the suspension. So, in a way, maybe it's a blessing in disguise for him and maybe the long-term effects of for his career and this season. But first couple of games, I mean, you don't get him back to week six 
they went on such a good run early in the year. That's when they built up a lot of their momentum and got to be the team that they were with Peyton Manning in that offense last year. And you're already down Eric Decker. No Decker, no Welker. Demarius Thomas is your guy now. Then you have Emmanuel Sanders, who's new to the team. Right. Julius Thomas, who had a superb year last year. Can he repeat? I think he will have another ex- extremely, extremely good season. But right now, the Broncos, when you look at them in those first couple games, especially that first game against Andrew Luck and the Colts, we'll get into more of that later, but could be a totally different season than what people are thinking that they're going to go right back to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. And they lose the other guy, Sean Moreno, who is a huge part of, of the rushing attack. And now he's not even the automatic start in Miami but that's its own issue they're not the same team offensively that they were last year they're still very good and they still have Peyton Manning at the helm I mean when you start off there it's tough not to put that team already in contention for the playoffs and possibly more like they were last year I do think this hurts them more than it helps Welker obviously you know I I just think yes you want to give him the time but will guys like a Julius Thomas and it's Marius Thomas be as good you're already down Decker but you thought okay you still have Welker across over the middle you got a new guy coming in Sanders who could you know pick up where a guy like Decker left off but now you're down Welker as well a veteran on that team who is really that safety valve you know much like you could think of a tight end in some offenses but it seems like Julius Thomas is a guy who you you throw down the field to and he's a younger guy so you had more faith in a guy like Wes Welker and now him and Decker are gone it raises it raises flags to me. You know, it's definitely it's definitely some concerns. Certainly some concerns also, Matt, in New England going into week one. Going down to Miami, you'll have to deal with the heat. But Bill Belichick and Tom Brady don't know if Rob Gronkowski's yeah. going to be playing in week number one. Big old Rob thinks he's playing. He's ready. He's ready to put the pads <laughs> well, uh, on. Absolutely. I mean, you ask any of the players, they want to get out there right away. And especially for a guy who wants to prove himself once again because here he was as the league's number mm-hmm. one tight end. Suddenly, Jimmy Graham has taken that right. title, and now Gronkowski, I don't know if he's ever going to be the same player again, but he can still be the type of guy that's going to be a red zone threat, and more importantly, Matt, he is so critical to the Patriots' success because, yes, Julian Edelman had a nice year last year, mm-hmm. but other than that, Tom Brady was throwing it to a bunch of guys who, yeah. quite frankly, didn't deserve to be on NFL field last year. And there were, there were some games where that just absolutely stood out to you. I think it was the first Jets game, if I'm not mistaken. There was a ton of, and I'm sure producer Pat Burns, who's a big Patriots guy, can back me up on some of this stuff with the Patriots. But Maybe a little too big sometimes. <laughs> um, especially down here in New York. Um, the, I think it was that Jets game early on where there were so many deep balls dropped by those young, inexperienced receivers and Gronkowski was just such an automatic for them when he's healthy. I mean, to go from 100% automatic to completely unknown is a huge drop-off. And, I mean, he, he's just so – I mean, even from the standpoint of not a, a Patriots fan, you want to see Gronkowski on the field. He's as exciting as they get. And you just hope that he's healthy again because he was such a dynamic, explosive player. Listen, I think New England is good enough, just like they were last year. Right. Without Gronkowski, they can win the AFC East. They can make it to the divisional round. But the big boys in the AFC are going to get past and they Denver. Have, Maybe you run into Indianapolis again this year. Who knows if you get past them? And they have them. goals way past that. Belichick and Brady are not settling for a divisional round in the playoffs. Trying to get back to that ring. Thing. Absolutely, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been longer than you think for for a for for a title. Ten years. This Ten year. years now. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's not what you think of the Patriots. You don't think of the Patriots possibly going – this modern group of the Patriots going a decade without a Super Bowl title. Well, especially after they won a couple yeah. back in the mid-2000s. And uh, won 18 games in a row 
one year, and we're obvious. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, undefeated season, no question. Hey, did you read Brady's comments this week about how much longer he would play for his career? I'll play until I don't suck anymore. <laughs> I love it. I mean, regardless <laughs> how you think that, about that guy, you got to respect the comments, whether it's, Absolutely. it's Drew Brees or Tom Brady. These guys are going to be around for a long, long time, so it's going to be a very interesting season. And, Matt, speaking of quarterbacks, season started yesterday. Russell Wilson, after winning that Super Bowl ring, looked pretty darn good yeah, yesterday. Yeah, Seahawks rolled over the Packers. Aaron Rodgers never looked comfortable in that game. Richard Sherman wasn't even not targeted in the game, once. basically. It he wasn't said, targeted once. I think he said after the game, it's boring to be part of a 10-on-10 match where you're not in it. <laughs> like, something like that. I mean, I, I don't know how to really feel about this. Is it the right move to not target him at all? You got to go after him. <sighs> I know. Listen, he, he's tough. the he is the best corner in the league, it's hands really down, tough. bar none. But Aaron Rodgers completed more percent of his passes yet, excuse me, more a larger right. percentage of his passes last year to the right side of the field where Richard Sherman was playing than mm-hmm. any other part of the field. So if you're Aaron Rodgers, if you're Mike McCarthy, how do you take that out of the game plan? Because you succeed so well in doing one thing. Obviously, a guy is going to make it harder to do that. Yeah. But this is not. You know, Sean Hill we're talking about. This Aaron is Rogers. Aaron freaking Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. And, it, I mean, it was so obvious that that was the game plan from the start because Jarrett Boykin is the guy on the right side the entire game. He is not close to their number one option. So you're basically saying we're, not, we're ignoring this side of the field. On one hand, I kind of understand it because you're taking Richard Sherman out of the game, and that's a good thing. But, when you, you know, the point you bring up, if that's something that Aaron Rodgers does very well, it's the best part of Aaron Rodgers' game, arguably, you're taking that away from your own side. And that's what's so that's what's different about the Seahawks defense. There are good defenses in the NFL. Then there are defenses, and they're not many, and maybe the Seahawks are the only one, who can change the game plan of the opposing team no matter what. It doesn't matter if it is Sean Hill on the other side mm-hmm. or if it's Aaron Rodgers True. and the Green yeah. Bay Packers. You don't think of an Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady, a Peyton Manning changing what they do offensively or even going with their strengths and finding no weaknesses on the other side against the defense. You're if when you were that good, you're supposed to be able to go out and execute your game plan. Seattle came in and forced Green Bay to run a different game plan, mm-hmm. and defenses aren't supposed to be able to do that. To arguably, I mean, in my mind, I think Aaron Rodgers, if he's not already, I guess there's Peyton Manning, but Aaron Rodgers in two or three years will be no doubt the best quarterback in the NFL. And he's in the top five, five right. uh, obviously, for everybody's top five. You're not supposed to be able to alter the game plan of a top five quarterback. And there is no question that's what they did. And, Matt, because of the fact that the game plan is altered, Green Bay loses its starting running back, Eddie Lacy, for a concussion. You have Brian Beluga, a key starting offensive lineman. He has a torn MCL. So because of what Seattle did defensively, they completely took Green Bay out of their offensive mm-hmm. game plan. And they come out of here wounded. So I think it's a very interesting season going forward for Green Bay because there's no way you survive without Eddie Lacy in your backfield. Plus, you got a rookie center already. All of a sudden, your offensive line is banged up. So the NFC North is going to be extremely difficult to win, especially because Chicago is a team that can certainly make moves this year. was a fourth quarter away from the playoffs last season over Green Bay. Detroit has an offense that's extremely improved this year. You can't count them out right off the bat. And even Minnesota will contend in that division. They'll be a tough team to beat. So the NFC North is no slouch this year. But regardless, I think the biggest storyline out of yesterday's game is that the Seattle Seahawks are just as dominant and maybe even more so than they (laughs) were last year. Think about this, Matt. The last eight Super Bowl winners 
Uh, there have been eight Super Bowl winners that failed to win playoff games the next year. Yeah. And there's no question that Seattle will win a playoff game this year, this year and easily could be back in the Super Bowl. The fact of the matter that Paul Allen, the rest of that organization, got their team to a point where they can not only contend for one year, but multiple years is just something that you never see with Super Bowl champions anymore. And we we haven't seen a repeat champion in, in over a decade, I think. so. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes to the fact that they are so deep. I mean, they've lost. They lose guys on the offensive side, and then over on the defense, Richard Sherman is taken out of the game. You know, he's not part of the game whatsoever. It literally was a ten on ten, like he said, because there was no targets to his side whatsoever, and their defense still dominated that game without Richard Sherman. I mean, there was the whole thing over the summer with with the he got the Madden cover, but he's like, no, I want Legion of Boom with me in the game. So I think they got like the start screen. They got the start screen with them all, like all four of them there. You get the new game. I I didn't buy it, but I've played it. It's I mean it's Madden. Come on, it's awesome. Uh, Just making sure. I want our people to know out awesome. there what there they're were a couple. Into. There were a couple plays last night that looked like a Madden plays. There Which was, one specifically? There was the the option, the fake option. There's. Um, uh, the Wilson touchdown pass. When he scrolled yeah. to the left and just dunked it over, and I who I don't remember who caught it. Um, was it Harvin? I don't know. No, if it, it was wasn't Harvin. Harvin. Um, but he was, I was Blackledge. Might have been. He he fakes it to Lynch, and then he's gonna run to the left to the corner. Like, oh, obviously, okay, Wilson's running. I can get off my man. Just dunks it right over, and for touchdown. That was a Madden play. But uh, that I mean, going back to what I was saying, it's so obvious now that it's not just Richard Sherman because of that lob. The rest of the defense, it's all 11 guys on that field who they put pressure on the quarterback. You could take out their best player. They're all over the field. They hit. They're vicious. They are the most vicious defense. They're not just the best. They're the most vicious defense in the NFL, and they, they scare you. And they proved it last last night. The Seattle Seahawks are here to stay, folks. A team that's trying to move up into that category is the New York Jets. gangrene always an interesting year with the new york jets rex ryan geno smith is going to be the starting quarterback once again matt it's going to be quite a season and here's what kelly coltis had to say about week one against the oakland raiders just a few years ago Darrell revis and antonio cromartie anchored the sidelines for rex ryan the jets begin their 2014 campaign with antonio allen and darren walls at cornerback This seems to worry everyone, except the New York Jets. That's because the 2014 Jets enter the season with an air of confidence. Despite the mediocre record from last year, despite the gaping hole at cornerback, despite the modest production from Geno Smith, despite all the negatives surrounding this team, Rex Ryan believes in his squad. As much as you love training camp and everything else, and it's true, there's just something special about opening a season. I know the fans, I feel it from the fans, you know, their anticipation, I feel it from our players, and I, for one, without question, can't wait to get this thing started. And he may be onto something. The Jets added talent to a very weak offensive unit. Eric Decker brings big playability to the wide receiving core. Chris Johnson is looking to channel his 2009 self. Their front seven even has the potential to be very scary. And quarterback Geno Smith seems like a more mature play caller. But their schedule is a bit terrifying. They have to face the league's best quarterbacks after this week, including Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady. That's why I had the Jets beating Oakland 21-13 to open the season. It may be week one, but for the confident Jets, it's already a must win. With the... 
I'm Kelly Coltis. Matt, Matt, I just love how the Jets are always confident no matter yeah. who's on the team, what the year may <laughs> be, but I think their confidence is finally justified. Yeah? They have some big pieces. You think they're getting over the hump? Listen, here's what I want to say. As an unbiased fan, as an unbiased host right here, and the Jets are not my team, so I'm mm-hmm. going to say this. Geno Smith has taken tremendous strides in improving as a quarterback this offseason. There is a reason why Michael Vick really wasn't even in, in the conversation right. to compete for that job. And on top of all that, you now have Eric Decker, who's a big play receiver, who I think people are not giving him enough credit as a big play receiver. Oh, he played with Peyton Manning. Right. But what about what he did with Tebow? He made Tebow look like an actual starting quarterback. So there's that. And I think if Chris Johnson can just be 1,000-yard Chris Johnson, not even CJ2K. No, the Jets there's have, no chance of that The Jets ever have a couple again. of good running backs now with Chris yeah. Ivory. If Bilal Powell's your third running back, I think you got a That's pretty, a pretty good situation. That's a pretty decent tandem there. I mean, there are – there are a couple more ifs than I would like for the Jets. I mean, so what are the main concerns well, for you? Well, I, I don't. I'm not totally sold on Geno yet. I mean, well, I'm not sold on him. I'm just telling you, he's going to be. No, he's he going to be, be much better. better than he was last year. The, uh, breaking in Vic is just so weird to me. I don't. I mean, because maybe a lot of this was just media driven over the summer. Was Vic going to contend? Is Vic going to be the starter? And I mean, give the Jets and Vic credit. They never really pressured that on Geno Smith. They never really made it an open competition. But he is there, and he's been a more than capable starter since returning to the NFL and going to Philadelphia. If he doesn't get hurt, it pro- might still be his job over Nick Foles. And Nick Foles is a better quarterback, obviously, at this point. But that was just weird to me. I just don't understand the move totally because if I, you completely I trusted you him. I'll, let me tell you why right here. Go ahead. Geno Smith needed a little extra kick in the rear. He needed to have right. a little pressure put on him because Michael Vick, like you're saying, was an actual legitimate contender for well, that starting what, job. And, and that's what they didn't have in Sanchez, right. the Sanchez, Sanchez era. Sanchez didn't push Geno in the way – well, in Michael before, Vick in, pushes in before, Gino. in before that, nobody was ever there to really push Sanchez. Right. You had Mark Brunell yeah. and a whole cast, Chris Sims, you know, yeah. a whole cast of characters. But finally said, all right, Geno Smith, you want this job? We got Michael Vick in here, right. who was one of the league's most dynamic players 10 years ago. He could easily come in and start right now. So that put a little extra pressure on Geno. And I, honestly, Matt, I think he responded in a way that really showed me that he's matured. Listen, he's still got a long way to go. The I guy am- was so turnover happy last year. I mean, they took the Jets right out of games. I, I am excited to see what he can do with some actual weapons now. I mean, Chris Johnson is an exciting guy in the backfield. And Eric Decker, it, he is another if to me still. I Yes, he had great seasons. You know, uh, Maybe this was the, what you were trying, the naysayers you were trying to dispel. Maybe I'm one of them. But is he going to have the same kind of, obviously not the same kind of a success, but can he do this in an offense that isn't, you know, the team isn't built around the offense and the offense isn't a, passing offense per se it's more they're going to rely on those three backs and is Chris Johnson going to be good enough can he get to a thousand yards I, I think the Jets would be happy if he gets to 800 yards based on the other guys filling in as well and b- doing their part there's just a couple more ifs to me to the Jets than I than I would like I think, I think the, just... there are more ifs on the defensive side of the ball to tell you the truth I think the secondary for the first time, the Rex in the Rex Ryan era in New York is well, you heard the opening of Kelly's seriously report. in doubt right now because the guys you have strolling back there don't have a lot of NFL experience. Yeah. So suddenly, what ha- was once the strongest part of your team could potentially be the weakest part of your team with Darrell Revis playing in your division for another team. And yes, the Jets' defensive line is going to be right where they were last year. Same with the linebacking core, mm-hmm. but if you can't stop anybody with the pass. Yes, you're playing a rookie quarterback this week in Carr for Oakland, but still, the Jets' secondary could really cause them to not contend to the point 
where they would like to this season. Going off of that, I've been hearing this, you know, thrown around a little bit. Is this even in week one a must-win game for the Jets? No, you can't have well, a must-win game their, in week one. But look at their schedule. I don't know if it is a must-win. Green Bay after this, who yes, that was they looked bad last night, but that's against Seattle. Then the Bears and Lions, who we just talked about, are quality teams. Chargers, Broncos, Patriots, playoff teams. Bills are not too far behind the Jets, in my opinion. And then they finish off with Chiefs and Steelers before their Week 11 bye. How many wins do you give them in the first six weeks? That's what I was just going to say. Well, in the first six weeks, I think optimistically three. I think they could beat the Raiders. I think they could beat the Lions, and they'd have to pull one out against San Diego, Chicago, or Green Bay, and I don't think they're going to be the Broncos. Optimistically three. But if they lose week one. It could be one, one, honestly. they lose week one, it could be zero. I, I mean – that's worst case scenario, but you go all the way to week ten. There are not any easy games, so maybe it's not a must win. But it's a game you take care of business. Honestly, it's no way fans or butts. It's as close to a must win as week one can get. I, I think. I mean, it's it's. I don't. I guess you're not allowed to throw the must win, you know, title onto a week one game, but it's pretty close. Plus, if that secondary gets torn up by Derek Carr, yeah. good luck against Aaron Rodgers <laughs> yeah. and Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, the next Stafford, couple of weeks. Rivers, then Manning, then Brady. And they get a little break with E.J. Manuel week eight. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. We are really going to find out what this Jets team is made of. We will tell you our predictions later in the show for what the Jets will do this season. But let's talk about that other team in New York, the New York Football Giants. New season brings a new offensive coordinator and Ben McAdoo to town. It also brings a new Giants beat reporter to FUV. It's our man Christian Speedy O'Hara. The New York football Giants kick off the 2014 season in Detroit, looking to bounce back from a disappointing 7-9 record in 2013. The team made numerous changes in the offseason on both sides of the ball to try and improve their chances at the playoffs. New offensive coordinator Ben McAdoo, who comes over from the Green Bay Packers, is one of the changes that Big Blue hopes will lead to more success this season. Eli Manning, who led the league in interceptions last season, certainly hopes to return to his Super Bowl MVP-like form for the G-Men to have any chance at the postseason. Head coach Tom Coughlin had this to say about Eli's mindset going into the game. He's focused. He's focused. He's focused. It's serious business for him. The secondary will be much improved thanks to the addition of Dominique Rogers-Cromartie, among others. He will be tested right away as he will be matched up against Calvin Johnson this week, one of the National Football League's premier wide receivers. The Giants certainly hope their new addition can contain Johnson's explosiveness. The offensive line has to limit the duo of Indomitian Sue and Nick Fairley so Eli can have time to throw the ball. This matchup is key in determining the winner on Monday night. In the end, I think the Giants find a way to win a close game, 24-21. For WFUV Sports, I'm Christian O'Hara. How about that, Matt? O'Hara and his debut pick going with the G-Men on the road, Monday Night Football <laughs> in Detroit. Let me tell you, folks, it's going to be quite an interesting game because what we were just talking about with the Jets before, Matt, where unlike years past where their offense could surprise some people and be better than their defense, I think the Giants' defense mm -hmm. this year – could steal the spotlight because the offense was absolutely despicable yeah. in the preseason. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But what I want to – I am going to butt here. This is what I want to <laughs> say. The Giants' offense has extreme potential, and here's why. 
Eli Manning has made his money, he's made his living on the deep ball. But when you get older in age, you can only throw so many deep balls. And yeah. defenses are not going to allow Victor Cruz. They're not going to allow Ruben Randall, Ruben Randall to run wild like they did before. The offense will work because the rushing game will finally be what Eli Manning needs it to be. I think Rashad Jennings is going to be a huge addition. I think Andre Williams is going to be another guy that's going to contribute. And after everything with losing David Wilson this offseason, I think the Giants offense has a lot of potential because despite the fact that the offensive line is inexperienced, they have some injuries going on there, it's a lighter group. They're not as heavy. So that means they can move, they can pull their guards, they can pull their tackles, they can get guys out on the outside. It's key in this new it, offense. It's so key. And that's the reason why these plays work so great because you'd have a guy, whether it be a wide receiver, tight end, crack block, come in on the side, and then these stretch plays were working wonderfully. Mm -hmm. That doesn't excuse the fact that Eli Manning <laughs> barely completed 35 yeah. to 40% of his passes in the preseason. When, when the goal was, what, 70? It's a lofty goal, but still I think the Giants' offense will be just fine. It's going to take some time. It's a new group, but I'm still believing in the fact that Ben McAdoo did this with Mike McCarthy mm -hmm. in Green Bay, and the same thing can be successful here in New York. Well, I mean, he's definitely going to need some time to adjust because he's this has not been the way Eli Manning has functioned over the first you know, 10 or so years of his career. He's a guy who throws it down the field. You look at him and he doesn't feel like a gunslinger, like no. he goes out there. And he, but that's what he is mm -hmm. when he's on the field. And this new offense is, is definitely a different change of pace for him. I usually don't put much stock into the preseason. I don't even watch it much. It just doesn't excite me. I, I, it's a, I'm a little worried. I mean, it, no, when, giant when you're that should bad, be about, at this point. when you're that bad, it's it's hard not to take notice. And I am, saying that, I am really excited to see what Victor Cruz can do in this kind of offense. Um, Photo Beckham can get healthy, but there's, I mean, you lose, you lose. I mean, David Wilson maybe not as as a big a loss. Obviously, stinks that his career is over and that's the way it went for him. But maybe since he wasn't part of the rotation early on, it won't be as big as much felt the loss. I think Hakeem Nix is a big loss. You know, that's even that, though he didn't catch a ball in the end zone last year. And how? Did, but how did last year work out? Well, yeah, it was a, I mean, it was a he, terrible year. It was he, 7-9. and nine. I mean, he, he wasn't healthy all last year. He wasn't the Hakeem Nix we've been become used to. Uh, losing a guy like that, and I'm not saying it was the necessarily the right move to, to spring him back. I mean, maybe that, that was the way to go to let him go another direction. But losing a guy like that in, in years past, not the production of last year, a guy like that in years past, that could hurt. And Odell Beckham's been hurt this preseason. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. How about the tight end position? You have no idea what you're getting out of that at this point. <laughs> and it's been like that for a few years, so there's yeah. plenty of cause for concern. But saving grace could mm -hmm. be that defense. Yeah. That's the part of the team that turned it around last year after that 0-6 start. That's the team that decided to say, okay, you know, we need to pick up we our play. salvage and they did. season. Yeah. And the offense couldn't really get it going, but you saw some things last year. I think Dominic Rodgers Camardi is a huge addition. major, major addition. I mean, he is very a legit star. -like. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you. I was shocked. I was shocked in the offseason mm -hmm. when I heard about this. I mean, he is a legit star, star on the defensive side of the football, and he's a name in the backfield. That I mean, you kind of felt this way when, when Roll came a, a few seasons ago. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh wow, okay, yeah. that's a big move. And now you 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 got both of those guys back you there. You got Walter the Thurman who's back there now. And, Matt, I think the linebacking core, that has been my one point of emphasis I've always stressed mm -hmm. with the Giants. They've never they had – They never address it. They never draft. They never do never anything with it. And finally, 
finally we have McLean in there now. Mm-hmm. They have Williams, who's back from injury. John Beeson was traded for last year. Looked like new life last year it's when he came finally, over. Finally, they have some solid guys in the middle of that defense who not only can make tackles in the run game, but more importantly, Matt, can cover people in pass coverage because that has been the one thing. Look at Mark Herzog. He's a guy that will stick his nose in there mm-hmm. and make plays on the run, but he can't cover a not tight a pass end. pass coverage guy. He no. can't do that. So finally, the Giants have that great middle of their defense. The defensive line should be interesting too because obviously you have Pierre Paul. Mm-hmm. No longer is Justin Tuck in town. O.C. Umanure is years gone. Mm-hmm. So they got some guys in the middle and the interior that are strong, but the outsides could be – a little bit precarious in my mind. Well, and what kind of production are you going to get out of JPP? You know, another guy you didn't see, the guy you become used to seeing. Uh, Matthias Kiwanuka, you, they've been moving him around. I love that he's back on the defensive line. Absolutely. That's his natural position. He that will was, thrive. That was one of the, the ways they tried to address that linebacker problem. And it, it just, it, it, he's all right. It's not his position. So he gets to be there on the defensive end side. I think he will flourish in that position. I think yeah. this move is going to be great for him to finally go back to that place and say, okay, this is my job right now. I don't have to worry about, am I going to have to drop back so much? Am I going to be a linebacker in week four or five? This is his position, and this is what he was coming into the Giants. That's that's a great move for him, and that's that's like picking up another guy from free agency or a trade. Yeah, Because it, he wasn't the same player you know, standing up in a linebacker spot. And I think another thing that's pretty interesting about that is that Kiwanuka is a guy that has had to play those multiple multiple positions. And like Jadavion Clowney in Houston right now, they're trying to do more with him than they should. Yeah. Let the guy put his hand on the ground, go rush the quarterback, just worry about that. There are other guys that can drop back right. in coverage. And finally, the Giants have that, finally have that benefit. And that at least gives you some hope if you were the Giants that – Okay, if the offense does click, because if it does click, it's a, it's supposed to be high-powered offense, one that can put up points, and it has done that in Green Bay, you know, over the years. So if the defense is what it should be, and the offense eventually clicks, this could be a better year than we think from the Giants. I'm not too optimistic yet with them because when you saw last year, it's honestly hard to beat. So right, defense so- is a- absolutely going to be the key. They have to be on point week one to seventeen. And hopefully at some point the offense can come around after that. All right, I'm putting you on the spot. All right. Giants or Jets? More wins this year. Jets. They're really? younger and have more potential. Despite the whole scheduling thing you just went into, you're still yeah. going to pick the Jets. I am because I think I think they're going to win week one. We'll get into this again later. Um, I think they just do have more upside. Look, there's a ton of tough games on that schedule, but there are a few question marks to defensive backs for the, for the Jets defense. It's still a Rex Ryan-led team on defense I mean that's hard to bet against they're going to have a good defense they have a younger quarterback like you said is making strides is he there yet maybe not but he's finally got some weapons so how many games are we talking about then nine or ten really and I because I don't think the Giants are gonna be a 10-win team again you think Giants will be a 500 team yeah I think I'm gonna go eight and eight with the Giants See, I think it's interesting with the Giants because so many people are putting stock in that preseason where the Giants' offense was below average. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying before, the preseason is something that normally a lot of people don't value. So suddenly they see the Giants struggling in offense. Oh, it's going to be a 6-10 and year, 5-11. I I think people are sleeping on the Giants. I think they can honestly make a run for the NFC East. I think they'll be right there in the thick of things. If they did, it'd be be because it's a weak division. I I don't know if I would say that. Well, that's fine. I still think the Giants are. Look, Eli Manning is better than Tim. Eli Manning, this always happens to Eli Manning. When he does well, people say he's better than he is. And when he stinks, people say he's worse than he is. Eli Manning is a very good quarterback. Mm -hmm. And I take him over 
a lot of guys in this league, three quarters of the Absolutely. league. Absolutely, and it's not unthinkable to think that he and the rest of this offense will pick up this offense at some point, but it's just a matter of how long will that take. They haven't done it yet, obviously. Maybe it happens week one. Maybe we see it on Monday night. Maybe it takes till week three or four. If it takes longer than that, it's going to be a rough year, but if they can pick it up in the first few weeks, I think they can get around to 500. I just don't see them with a ceiling much higher than that, though. It's crazy. Nobody was touching Eli Manning in fantasy football drafts no. across this country. I was in an eight-man league the other night in a draft, and I'm pretty sure he didn't get drafted or picked up the next day. Like, not even close. Like, nah. nobody even thought about it. Nobody's thinking about it. But, hey, we're thinking about fantasy. Let's get it going. Fantasy football. It's that time of the year again, ladies and gentlemen. Fantasy football is back and with that, we welcome in Drew Casey to the show. Drew, welcome aboard. It is time for you to fill all of our fantasy needs here. <laughs> what do you got for us right off the top? All right, from the top, I'm just going to go through the, the best position players, best uh, the top guy at each position for the week, I think, just for this week one matchup, not overall. So some obvious we'll keep it answers. week by week. That's perfectly Yeah, week by acceptable. week. Let's, uh, let's make it uh, catered that way. So at the quarterback position, I'm going with, uh, with Colin Kaepernick of the 49ers. Just signed the big contract. Could be making a lot more money than I'll ever make one day with that huge <laughs> contract over hey, don't sell over a hundred million dollars. That's true. Um, the reasoning behind that: he's in Dallas. Dallas had the third worst pass defense last year, and uh, they probably the will be the worst. <laughs> they probably will be yeah. bad again. And uh, we won't have any weather issues in Dallas, obviously, with the uh, retractable roof. Running back, this is obvious. Uh, Lashawn McCoy. He was going number one in almost in most leagues. Yeah, it was, and it you was get a the debate. Jags week yeah, one, and yeah. it's the Jaguars. So uh, that's a juicy. There you go. That was uh, that was pretty obvious. Over sixteen hundred yards on the ground last year, and five hundred yards um, receiving. And like you said, Jacksonville sixth worst defense last year. He's not fair in that offense. He's no, just not. He's not. And no one's really noticed until this year, fantasy wise, because I would always pick him up like late second round, and I'd be like, <laughs> Sean McCoy. Not like, happening this, and this year. year. I don't have. Him, true, of true. I got a question for you here <laughs> because away. we're gonna get year two of Nick Foles, and Nick Foles only threw two interceptions last year, and I don't think he'll be anywhere as good as he was last year because of the fact that defenses was will now be ready for him. So if Nick Foles falls off a little bit. What do you think that will do to LaShawn McCoy's fantasy stock? Because now defenses are going are gonna to be putting eight in the box and keying on him. Do you think if Foles declines, do you think that hurts Shady, or do you think he'll be just fine? Oh, it's definitely going to hurt him, and I think they're going to have eight men in the box pretty much from the start because the Eagles lose Deshaun Jackson. He's now on Washington, rival in division. Yeah, all you have to worry about Jeremy is Jeremy Macklin. Ma Macklin is back coming Riley off an injury. Cooper, yeah. So, yeah, Riley Cooper is the other target, the big target for them. Um, but yes, to answer your question, I think it will hurt his stock if Nick Foles in the passing offense does not have a t uh, you know a good year, um, because there won't be any running lanes out there for him, uh, you know, to yeah. rack up the fantasy points. Absolutely, he catches the ball also too. So you gotta look. He gets you know I'd say maybe a third of his points or a, at least a quarter of his points uh, via receiving, and you know he gets a receiving touchdown here and there. So yeah, now you got Darren Sproles in town, so maybe he takes yeah, a little couple competition yeah. on the on the on the goal I line. I think it's going to be an interesting year for Shady. I think he's obviously going to be one of the best running backs in fantasy, but the fact that he is being held up as one or two, I don't know if he's that high. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting year for him. It will definitely be interesting, but this week against Jacksonville, he's my number one. Yeah, you if take you, him. If this you week, have yeah. if you have him, regardless of who they're playing, you yeah, still got to start. Definitely, uh, especially in a league with two backs uh, in the starting lineup. Wide receiver position. This might uh, be a little surprising to a lot of people because he was not picked uh, very high as he had been in the past. But I'm gonna go with Larry Fitzgerald this week as my number one receiver, um, because they're playing San Diego. San Diego's pass defense fourth worst last year. 
And yes, I know Carlson Palmer you is, is in still around, throwing the ball, You're throwing the football in, the in Arizona. Um, but I think I, I just got a feeling with Larry Fitzgerald with the San Diego uh, pass defense, he's gonna have a big day. I don't think Michael Floyd is really gonna prove himself on Arizona, maybe until later in the season. So I think Larry Fitzgerald early is a good play. Don't you guys just feel bad for Larry Fitzgerald? I Look, know. I love the fact that he said I want to play the rest of my career in Arizona, but. For goodness sake, can we get this guy a legitimate quarterback? I mean, please. <laughs> Just imagine. Since, well, since Kurt Warner, there hasn't well, maybe, been a guy. Maybe he's I, love, ob- I love Johnny Skelton, <laughs> but he still wasn't the guy they needed. Maybe he's obligated because he does all those University of Phoenix uh, commercials. And, yes, I understand that is an online university. You don't have to be in <laughs> Phoenix. It's not in but Phoenix. It's the, name, it's the name of the stadium, even though it's in, what, Glendale? Yeah, Glendale. But it's the name of the stadium, so maybe he's got a little deal going. I don't know. Otherwise, I don't know why he would want to stay there all that long. See, this is where you get the great analysis, folks, from (laughs) the guy like Matt Moore just providing you with all things. I'm much better at those kinds of things, like TV commercials. That's what I spend a lot of time paying attention to. Well, we're going to keep it fantasy (laughs) Do we have a podcast about that? We don't, but, you know, hey, the the year is still young. All right, keep us going. (laughs) All right, keeping it going. Uh, At the tight end position, another obvious one. Got to go with Jimmy Graham this week. Uh I was looking at some of these numbers from last year. He was over 25% better in terms of fantasy points than the next best tight end. Wow. Mainly because of Gronkowski's injury last year. Gronkowski's the only, I think, comparable tight end in terms of points. And the second best guy last year was Tony Gonzalez, so... He's, uh, he's not, he's playing, not the... playing anymore. He's retired after a great career. So Other tight ends you like. Who are some other guys? Maybe they're not the Jimmy Grahams, Jason Wittens of the world. Antonio Gates is declining. Yeah, I've, Gates you know, is on the downhill I've heard, for sure. Uh, Jordan Cameron. Jordan Cameron, that's exactly Zach where I was Ertz, going. Are these guys that, that Ertz, could really make I don't some know. noise? I think Jordan Cameron is the guy, but you have the same problem that Larry Fitzgerald has. Who's going to throw Cameron the ball? Yeah. Um, he's He might be the number one target for the first uh Six weeks, right? For Gordon, he's well, out. Oh, well, whole season, whole season, yeah. right? That's well, right. Yeah, got upgraded. Well, if anything, so he's the top. He that, might be the top maybe target Maybe that helps now. him if there's no Gordon. Yeah. It, it definitely does help him. He's going to see more targets, but teams are going to key more on right. on Cameron for sure. Double edged sword. But outside of Graham, yeah, Jordan Cameron, and he's not even picked up in all leagues. So you could wow. maybe get a steal of a pickup with him, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, you think I should? I pick in my most recent draft. I picked. Gates with the last pick. You know, usually you throw away. You got Antonio Gates with the last pick of the entire draft. If Cameron's available, you think I go Jordan Cameron? Because it's an eight man league, so I have to check, but there eight might be guys league. like that available. How is Cameron still available? I mean, because the guy yeah, was huge. Red well, maybe it's eight man, an eight man league. I got to check. Well, Antonio Gates has got those, he's always got those those foot issues and yeah. the, the lower body issues. He'll he's, still give you at least five gonna, Yeah, he's still going to. He's, he's not my starter. He's not my starter. Phil Rivers starter. Who's your starter, the field. Um, Oh, if yeah. he's your backup, then uh, yeah, that's a great that's value. a great backup. Well, Drew, okay. speaking yeah. to that point, uh, before we get into anything else, who are some guys? Maybe it's in your own fantasy draft or in drafts that are going on that you could get a little bit later on. Like I'll give you an example. I took Hakeem Nicks in probably twelfth round, thirteenth round. That's gotta be good. And he didn't have a touchdown catch last year, but he's a guy that could easily be a number one target in Indianapolis. So are there any guys like that that come to mind for you? Uh, someone who comes to mind, I mean, he's not going like 10th, 12th round, but he's going six, seven, eight. when I think he should be going through three or four is Percy Harvin. We saw it last mm, night. He didn't yeah. score a touchdown, but he, he had, I think, eight catches in the game and, and 10, he had 10 targets. rushing yards, I yeah, think, and too. Yeah, you know, he's, he's a threat always yeah. to uh, to run back some kicks if your league has that option as to give you extra points that way. So he would be, I'd say, maybe the – Sort of the steal of your draft, you, if you can get him in the in the fifth or the sixth round for sure, because he's he's rated almost the twenty in the twenty to twenty fives of the receivers, and, he's and a, clearly a the num- healthy he's Percy clearly Harvin. the number one receiver in Seattle. Definitely no Golden Tate. Well, I thought he did last night. He was 
on yeah, the he's uh, he he's got some moves, and he, you know, like you said, he's healthy ever since his University of Florida days. That's really when the last time he was like fully healthy. Fully healthy. And if yeah. you remember those games, yeah. uh, you know, we also had Tebow on that team too. So <laughs> I mean, like, look out. We missed the Tebs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, I would probably I would say this is a local pick. This might be partially biased. You can probably in all leagues pick him up still, Andre Williams. The yeah, Giants, because I think he's, he's going to emerge as the starter of this giant team. Over I mean, Jennings, I think, think he will. Really? Maybe by week four or five. All I right, think he's we'll, there, and I think he's. We'll hold you to that. He's a number one back. We're he's rolling good, the tape here, <laughs> so we can bring it back. <laughs> recording. I think right? he's a good he's guy to keep okay. on your bench. You know, God forbid you get an injury of one of your top backs, you bring him in, and you got a starter on your bench too. Hey, he's in um, my free agent wire. Yeah, so you know, maybe think about it, Matt. You might want it when we have our FUV draft. He's not going to. He'll be my last pick, not Antonio Gates. All right. So a lot of good got a lot of good players this week, and I think uh, interestingly enough, this kind of segues us into our bold predictions of the year. Drew, you could you could stick around for this because if you can come up with a Andre Williams starting midseason is your first one, Matt. I'm gonna get things right. rolling here. Go ahead. I'm gonna say that the Minnesota Vikings will Woo! make the playoffs this Woo-hoo! year, and here's why. I think that with Adrian Peterson doing what Adrian Peterson does, doing fully AP healthy things. I think the biggest addition to the team is Norv Turner. He's your offensive coordinator okay. now. Matt Castle thrived in a very similar offensive system in New England. Yes, completely different team. <laughs> but think about the weapons you have. Greg Jennings, he had a poor first year, but I think he bounces back. Cordero Patterson well, he's the, is, he's the, bigger is weapon, the most I explosive think, player on the team. And then, of course, you have Kyle Rudolph, who's a big-time, big-time uh, weapon in the red zone. So Definitely I, guy gets lost. And the defense him. is much improved. So I think people are sleeping on Minnesota. I think they could possibly make it. Give me your first bold prediction. I'm going to stay local on this one. As much as I bashed the Giants earlier, I'm still a Giants fan, so maybe this is a little hopeful. Eli Manning finishes with under 15 interceptions, and that seems like a high number. Hasn't done it since 2009. He's only done it like three it, like times it. ever. The first time he played nine games and only started seven in his rookie season. Well, if his receivers are going to be dropping balls into the hands of other <laughs> yeah. players, then no, he's not going to get that this I, year. I was going to say that he finishes with more, uh, more more touchdowns and interceptions, but I don't even know if that might come true. But I'll, I'll go under 15. I don't know. He's supposed to get the ball out a little bit quicker on this. Maybe they do pick up the offense a little better, and he's maybe realizing, okay, they changed the offense. Maybe i got to be a little smarter with my mm-hmm. decisions. I'll throw the ball away some more. Maybe Eli gets it uh, this time around and right. doesn't give we, it to uh, the other we, team. We shall see own. on that one. Drew, have you come up with a second bold prediction? I have come up with a second bold Let's prediction. The Buffalo Bills, the second wild card in the AFC. Ooh, I like it. Okay. Uh, now tell me why. Convince here's why. why. It's it's all offense based. Their defense is a big question mark for me, but I'm I'm going for you know a nine and seven. They sneak into the second wild card in the AFC. EJ Manuel now in his his second year of for the Bills. You like Manuel? I like I I think he's I think he's, he's very comparable to Geno Smith, Definitely. and I think they're both going to have better years because frankly they can't get much worse. Um, the running back position they've always had that tandem of Fred Jackson and C J Spillers that they're back and they added Bryce Brown who was the backup behind McCoy who yeah, would have never seen the game. field this year. So they got a good running game, and I really really like Sammy Watkins yeah. as a target. Mm-hmm. But after that. Scott Chandler. I mean, there's not much else, but I think they can sneak in at nine and seven. Well, we got Robert think, Woods also now. Oh, that's they lost true. Stevie yeah, Johnson, Robert, right? They did yeah, lose Stevie, Stevie Johnson's Johnson. in San Francisco, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. that could be an interesting thing for them. Yeah. But so. I think they can rack up some division wins. I think they can beat beat the Dolphins twice. I think they can sneak a win against the Patriots and at least one against the Jets. Even though I am a Jets fan, I think they'll be better. That's so awesome. I think they, I, I, I think they'll that. get four division wins, maybe five. 
can rack up four other wins, I think they might sneak in. All right, here's my second bold prediction. Hakeem Nix, who we were talking about before, will catch at least 10 touchdown passes this year. Wow. I seriously think Nix could be the number one target alongside Reggie Wayne in that offense for Indianapolis. Reggie Wayne is getting old. And Nix has something to prove. That's most important in all this. He's going to the AFC after – and all, the worst year of his career in New York last year, he was signed to a very small contract. He could have gotten big dollars if he had performed mm-hmm. the way he did the last couple of years. But Knicks, I think, is still the same guy you saw last year. He's a good receiver. But now right? he's finally got that thirst to he's prove a, people wrong. So that's my prediction. He is much better than we saw last season. What do no you got doubt. for me? All right. Everybody's favorite player in the NFL, Johnny Football, will not start a game all season. All season, really? All year. I think I'll, he starts by it, week six. I'll give it a little bit of an if, if Brian Horace stays healthy, but he will not start a, a game this season by merit. I think, I, I, you know, I think Brian bold. Hoyer, he, you saw very little of him last year, but I think he's better than people think. I think that he will prove enough not to lose the job, maybe even earn it. How many wins for the Browns, guys? <sighs> oh, that's <laughs> tough. I mean, without Josh Gordon, it, it, it really – Six? I was going to say six, yeah. Five? Yeah, I think five yeah, or six. six. All right, well, I will say without we'll Josh say Gordon, no more than seven. Without no, Josh Gordon, it's it. tough. If he, if they had him, hey, Hoyer was uh, gave him a couple wins last year. Yeah, people forget that too. They're all, everybody's riding Johnny Football and everything that comes with him. But hey, Brian Hoyer, despite what he did in the preseason, he still led the team to a nice start last year before tearing up yeah, that ACL. Yeah. All right, Drew, third and final bold prediction. Uh, third and final bold prediction. Uh, a little bit off guard, but I'm going to go with Toby Gerhardt rushes for over 1,000 year, yards in Jacksonville. His first like starting it. job. So. He's a guy that also people weren't touching in my latest fantasy draft. He was ranked around like top 60 players, mm-hmm. and he's going to start in Jacksonville. And Chad Henney's your quarterback. Why not pick Toby Gerhardt? He's a starting running back. He's always good to stash on your bench, too. I just wonder, is he ready to do what he did at Stanford? Stanford? Because he never got that opportunity in Minnesota. Yeah. And he's a big back, and he's a guy that can carry the ball over 20 times. But can he do it for the long haul? This is the first time we're going to see it. I'm pretty excited about it, i got to tell you. Can he do it on a bad team? You know, when they – Maybe if he does, well, he's going to get out. the touches on him. Yeah, really if all he starts, got, if he yeah. starts out the season, well, if he starts out the season well, do they really just focus on him and is he prepared enough to see eight in the box consistently? I think he's prepared. He knows we get. You got Cecil Shorts on the outside. I think yeah, you're prepared. Like, you're going to be getting the ball 25 times a game. Him, yeah. All right. Here's my third and final prediction. It's, this should. I thought you were going to say this guy when you said our favorite football okay. player in the NFL. Oh, oh, that would be Patrick oh, Murray. Absolutely, the newest well, no, that kicker. That was sarcastic. This is of legitimate. This Patrick is legitimate. Murray, Fordham grad, absolutely. newest kicker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, will make five fifty-yard field goals this year. Oh, Book at it. least. Come on, Murray. I think hit three his Pro senior Bowl? year. Put me down with that one well, too. Let's, let's let's pump the brakes there. <laughs> but first hey. of all, we'd like to wish our congratulations to Pat Murray. Absolutely. Fordham kicker, doing it big here, doing it big in the NFL, beating out Co- Connor Barth for the starting job in Tampa Bay. The fact Earning that, that job. Earning that, earning job, that yeah. job, yeah. The fact that Tampa Bay is the favorite this week against Carolina, we'll get into that in a minute. About half our staff here was picking Tampa Bay as the upset pick, right? And so we alerted each other that, wait a minute, they're favored. So Murray, Murray will lead the league in 50-yard field goals. Wow. That is where I'm going with that. <laughs> Take it away. All right. Um, I'm getting weird with this one. Uh, you, I don't think will agree with me because you asked Drew about this guy dropping off a little bit. Nick Foles gets MVP votes. 
Nick Everybody Foles. gets MVP votes. No, 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 legitimate consideration. Okay, let's let's like hone in five? on this a little bit. Yeah, he's not gonna win. Maybe not top win the MVP. three, top five, at least in the top five. He's gonna, okay. He's gonna okay. be outstanding. I I absolutely believe in this guy. How this many, is one of the reasons I don't think that the Giants have any shot to win the NFC East. I think the Eagles are gonna be better than we give them credit for. So are the Nick Eagles Foles gonna win good. double digit games this yeah, year? Yeah, no question. Right. 11, maybe. All right, this is a very interesting pick. I think you could fall right flat on your face, or you could be hey, just well, cheesing it's not at safe the end prediction of the season. time. I, I, didn't, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't skip my Friday afternoon nap to make safe predictions over here. You're such an old man. All right, Drew, what I do you wish, got? man. I wish. You I've the, got three. I'm done. That's He's it. Done. That's it. All right, we have, fourth, fifth? We have given <laughs> our picks, our <laughs> fantasy picks, our bold predictions. It is time, gentlemen, to give our picks for week number one, we are starting with the Oakland Raiders. We have the whole crew involved. Our producer, Pat Burns, Sean Hainer's back here. Oakland Raiders, Derek Carr visiting the New York Jets. Pat, we start with you. Will Derek Carr get his first career victory in week one? Uh, no. Uh, history <laughs> says the Jets win this game. Uh, they, Although it was close last year against Tampa, they pulled it out. Two years ago, they absolutely stomped on on the buffalo bills in this game so who knows what we'll see over the course of the season but i like the jets week one sean hayner maurice jones drew makes his debut as an oakland raider will he help the team win in week one i don't think so no <sighs> i'm also going with the jets i think geno smith is going to trump Derek carr all right drew casey we roll it over to you i think we already know where you're going with yep. this pick you already admitted to being a jets fan explain why uh keeping it with the uh new york jets with or without fireman ed that is uh <laughs> because have they declared a new mascot uh, they, by the way i don't think they have there's no 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 new one yet they have some drummers that no. lead the jets <laughs> <laughs> but as matt was saying this is as close to a must must win game as possible and uh frankly the raiders are just uh not that good in my eyes so it's all jets for me Maddie Mora? Yeah, I'm going with the Jets. I think that, uh, like Drew said, and I said earlier, this is as close to as must win. You're not allowed to say, I guess, must win week one, but this is as close as you get, and I, I think they'll respond to that. I think Gino understands that the team has put their faith in him, and he des it's deservedly so. He deserves to be out there to be the guy to lead this team, and I, I think he'll respond well to that, and against a team that isn't that good. So this is, I think, a good game for the Jets, especially with those tough teams ahead of them, to get on a little bit of a roll. Start the season out right. I think they start at one of I'll go with everybody here as well. The Jets will win this game against the Raiders, but Oakland will make it much tougher than people think. Derek Carr earned the job for a reason. He's going to surprise some people, especially against a weaker Only Jets secondary. Starter. Only guy who's starting after everybody thought Manziel, Teddy Bridgewater be starting. No, it's Derek Carr. And I think Maurice Jones-Drew has a nice game because he has something to prove. Mm -hmm. All right, let's stay in New York, fellas. Giants at the Lions. Pat Burns, we started with you. Do you trust in Eli on Monday Night Football Week 1? Not yet. I think eventually they're going to get there. The struggles in the preseason, though, do worry me a bit for these first couple games. I like the Lions at home. I also think that the uh, Giants secondary is going to get a big test here. You know, they revamped it a little bit, brought in some new pieces back there. They're going to get a test here early against Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate. Uh, maybe they'll hold up a little bit, but I like the Lions here. Sean Hayner, Jim Caldwell makes his debut as Detroit Lions head coach. Are you rolling with the boys from the Motor City? Yes. Yes. Wow. I think Tell Megatron's me what. Megatron's going to have a pretty big stake in this game, but we'll see where it goes. All right, so we got two for Detroit. Drew Casey, do you change that, or are you going with the home team? Nah, we're making it three. I love Motown, mm. and the Giants' defense is just uh, – I mean, the Giants' offense, excuse me, is was just shambles in the preseason yeah. to me. The new system has not been 
obtained by all of the players yet. So Lions for me. I don't trust Detroit yet. Um, they're a team that every year seems to not live up to the expectations. Giants beat them last year in Detroit uh, at the end of the season, and mainly because Detroit made mistakes. I think Detroit makes enough mistakes this year. Giants finally maybe have a guy who can not completely shut down Cavill Johnson, but handle him in DRC. Um, maybe can handle him enough to allow Eli Manning to get enough of a groove. Giants start out the year 1-0 as well. And I think they have enough players in the defensive secondary to also handle Golden Tate mm -hmm. and bottle up Reggie Bush, which is most important in this Detroit offense. I'm going with the Giants, and I say because I don't trust in the Detroit defense. I think there's still several big question marks. Absolutely. And Matt Stafford's a guy that, look, he could throw for 300 yards. And, look, I could see this game going one way where Detroit wins by two touchdowns, but I think the Giants stick around. They've been a good road team over the last couple of years, and after everything that happened last year, they need to make a major statement. I will give the Giants a three-point victory on the road in Detroit. That's exactly what they had last year, 23-20 in overtime. I mean, Stafford's a guy who could go 4,000 yards, five touchdowns, and four picks in the same game. Yeah. So I think, I think him or somebody else – on Detroit makes enough mistakes for the Giants to capitalize. All right, guys, let's go NFC South now. Very intriguing first week matchup. The New Orleans Saints traveling down to Hotlanta, taking on the Falcons. Pat Burns, Matt Ryan really had a year to forget last year. Is he going to turn the tide in week one? I'm not ready to trust that yet. I mean, this game's a little bit intriguing because it's at Atlanta, but I like the Saints. Atlanta has to prove something to me. They have to prove that they're uh, worthy of being considered a playoff contender before I actually believe it. So I'm going New Orleans in this one. Sean Hayner, the Atlanta Falcons were on hard knocks this summer. Does that mean they're going to get a win? Well, I'm a Matty Ice fan, but I don't think so. I think it's going to be the Saints in this one. All right, Drew, we roll it over to you. Drew Brees, he's got a couple of new weapons. He doesn't have Darren Sproles this year. Does that change anything, or are they going to week win week one? Well, it doesn't change anything. doesn't change anything in week one, at least, because the Saints – uh, much better than the Falcons last year. The Falcons 4-12, and 12, even though they're at home at the Georgia Dome where it's a huge home advantage, they don't get it done. Saints for me. Matt Morrow, will Jimmy Graham be fined when he dunks the ball over the <laughs> field goal post with his first touchdown of the season? Yes, he will, and he won't care because Drew Brees will be throwing to him plenty this year. He'll make plenty of money over his hopefully long career because Drew Brees is unbelievable. Yeah, I think he has five, four 5,000-yard seasons, three in a row. He is and still getting better. Yeah, I mean, I, can you say quietly because we pay attention more to Manning and Brady and Rodgers? You see, he quietly just goes about going three straight five thousand yard seasons. And he I think it's great this year. Yeah, it's great also that he's a smaller quarterback yeah. too, and people are still knocking smaller quarterbacks, guys. And Russell Wilson and Drew Brees prove that you can do it one way and have the big gunslinger arm with Brees, or you do it the other way. And Russell Wilson. Winning in not the most beautiful way. But, hey, he still gets it done. And I think Breeze will win in week one. This is going to be an extremely difficult game because, like you guys said, the Falcons play great football at the Georgia Dome. But the Saints are a better team at this point with an improved defense. I think that's most telling in this game. Sean Payton gets it done in week one. Okay, very intriguing game. Bengals traveling down to Baltimore to play the Ravens. Ray Rice suspended the first two games. Pat Burns, does that matter for you, or is Baltimore going to take care of business? It doesn't. This is going to be a close game, but I like Baltimore at home. Division games more than any other games. I, I like the home team. Uh, Baltimore, to me, is going to fight this year. I think they're going to be back in the playoff hunt after a you know kind of a down year last year coming off the Super Bowl. So give me Baltimore in week one. Sean Hayner. Our who man, day? Uh, who what? Who day? Who day? 
Well, are you Cincinnati Bengals? Oh, you're going with the Bengals. Now tell me why. I just I don't think the Ravens can get it done without Rice. He's a man of very few words. He keeps <laughs> it simple, folks, and that's the way well, I like his, it. If his picks hold up, he won't need any words. All right, Drew. Where, are we going with Andy Dalton? He got his mega contract in the offseason. Are you trusting in the guy who's already won a Super Bowl and Joe Waka Flacco? No, we're going to stick with Andy Dalton, the uh, the redhead in Cincinnati. And uh, I like Giovanni Bernard in the, the tailback running back He's position. He's my fantasy running back this year. Uh, so I don't know I, if I would take him for fantasy, but well, that's another conversation. <laughs> but I got Cincinnati uh, taking it uh, from Baltimore. Morrow? I think Joe Flacco has a lot to prove. I think he's going to have a bounce back year. Everybody gets on him last year if he has a bad year. Um, he's got plenty to prove. I mean, to me, Ray Rice, I mean, I know very well that Ray Rice did nothing last year because I took him sixth overall mm. in my fantasy Great draft. value pick right there, huh? Yeah, guys? you you can imagine how my year last went last year in fantasy. Uh, the only time I've ever won a fantasy uh, league is when I auto-picked that year. Uh, that says a lot about my <laughs> fantasy <laughs> So um, disregard everything I've said today. Uh, yeah, um, that's true in most cases. Um, no, but Joe Joe Flacco has a ton to prove. Maybe he's not elite like people were saying. Maybe he doesn't deserve that contract he got a couple years ago. But he's still a good quarterback. Baltimore at home, tough team, good defense, good quarterback. Take care of it. Have you guys forgotten that the Bengals won the division last year? Nope. And the Bengals are still the team to beat in the AFC North. Give me Cincinnati on the road. This team is not afraid of going down to Baltimore anymore. They once were a couple years ago, but I'll tell you what, guys. Marvin Lewis is fighting for his job. If he doesn't win a playoff game this year, he's not coming back. Andy Dalton has a lot to prove, even more so, Matt, than Joe Flacco because he hasn't people are doubting him because he's never won a playoff yeah. game. Giovanni Bernard will take the next step this year. Bengals defense is just as strong, if not better, than they were last year. Give me the Bengals on the road. All right, this one I'm really looking forward to. Colts going to Denver, taking on Peyton Manning without Wes Welker. Eric Decker's in a new city. Pat Burns, who's going to win this game? Uh, Denver. I mean, they'll lose at some point this year, obviously, and I don't necessarily think they're going to be quite as good as they were last year, at least on offense. But it's not going to be in week one. It's not going to be at home. I like Denver in this game. Sean Hayner. The Indianapolis Colts beat the Denver Broncos last year. That game, though, was in the friendly confines of the Lucas Oil Stadium. Same result, or does it change this year? I think it's going to be the same result. Ah, there we go. Riding with Andrew Luck. He likes Andrew Luck. He likes Chuck Pagano. Drew Casey, what do you think about the old horseshoe this year? Week one, will the Colts beat the Broncos? No, they will not. The Broncos will get it done. Sunday night football at mile high. Peyton Manning will not let his former team come in and beat him in the opener. Is Julius Thomas really ready to be that go-to target for Peyton Manning? Are you going with the Broncos week one, Matt Morrow? He better be because I picked him in fantasy this year, and maybe this is the first year I win without all Oh, that's the kiss of death, Julius Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) That's Uh, it. Hopefully he doesn't realize he's on my fantasy team, but no, I mean – Sticking with the, I guess, the lot to prove mantra, Denver's got plenty to prove. 43-8 to was the final score last year in the Super Bowl. Ouch. Um, yeah, so hope <laughs> they're going to come out with plenty of fire. And Peyton Manning's old team, you throw that in there on top of that. At home this year, they lost to them last year at Indianapolis. I mean, Peyton Manning, yeah, he's a lot of fun on those DirecTV commercials, but he's a fiery guy on the field. He's not letting the Colts come in and beat them in Denver. No way. Hey, look, love Andrew Luck, too. Love the Colts. Think they're going to be a great team soon. They're going to give them a hell of a game. But this week, Denver takes it. Everybody is focusing their attention on Wes Welker being suspended. 
Eric Decker being gone. The one guy we really haven't talked about is Sean Moreno, who was the key to that Denver offense last year. All of a sudden, you think you're going to put in Monty Ball after no not playing the whole preseason? No, I can't <laughs> ride with that. Give me Indianapolis <laughs> in week one. Andrew Luck takes the step into the elite this year amongst the quarterback group. And also, I think the running game finally gets going with a former giant, Ahmad Bradshaw, helping things out along with his former teammate, Hakeem Nix. Give me Indianapolis by a touchdown on the road Sunday night football. It's not November yet, so they can still win in Denver. You just want Nix to do good because he's on your fantasy team. Well, I don't even know he's going to start this week, but I just honestly, <laughs> I think that Indianapolis has played in enough big games. You go back to year one of Andrew Luck. They lose on the road against Baltimore in that playoff game. Mm -hmm. Then he he goes in his next year, and he's able to win a playoff game, come back in that epic game against the Chiefs, yeah. and then you lose on the road against the Patriots. Luck made a lot of mistakes, but last year he outdueled Peyton Manning at home. I think he can do it again. He has the confidence. I've beaten Peyton Manning once before. I've had a better game than the greatest in the league right now. I think he's fully confident as the rest of that team should be at this point. It, it may be obvious, but I don't think there's anybody who we want to watch more closely improve this year than Andrew Luck because we really want to see how high his ceiling really is because the things we've seen first couple of years, just outstanding. So All how right. much higher can he go? We're running out of show. I'm going to cut you off. We're getting our oh. upset picks of the oh, week. I forgot about our upset picks. Ooh. Pat Burns, what do you got? Uh, just to preface this, um, just a rule for the uh, season going forward, uh, we can't double down. So these need to be new picks. I'm going to start with Tennessee over Kansas City. I don't think it's really that great of a week Ooh. for for upset picks That's this week. That's still a bold pick right there. There, uh, there aren't really any that jump out at me, but I'll go Tennessee over over Kansas City. Sean Hayner, are you you were talking about Bucks Panthers? That's definitely not an upset pick. I was very disappointed when I found out that the Panthers were the underdog, which but is I shocking, think, by the way. I think Luke Keighley in that defense is going to get it done this weekend. So you're just gonna pick the Panthers, all right? That's, that's not it. that's not an upset pick in He's our books. Sticking to his guns, but you know we'll we'll let you go with it. <laughs> all right, Drew, uh, you're new. You're new to the show. You really got to make a big statement here. Uh, let's hear it from you. Cleveland over Pittsburgh oh, in oh, the Steel City. Come on, Drew. They get it done. A low-scoring defensive game, and that's Ben Tate shines in his. Uh, and it has a big day in his first game as a Brown, and uh, Hoyer gets it done, and uh, Ben Roethlisberger does not. Now, Pat, you are the rules guy this year. Is the doubling down effect to us picking the same games? No, uh, that's no. okay. Okay. Since Drew is much smarter than me, and I was already going to pick this anyway, Cleveland over Pittsburgh. Um, Brian Hoyer, man, he's going to be better than people think. He's going he's gonna to come in and get the job done. Pittsburgh I'm probably isn't as good as people think they will be either. And I think I'm buying into the Drew Casey philosophy with the Buffalo Bills. Give me the Bills on the road <laughs> well, to beat the too. Bears. Jay Cutler will throw at least two interceptions. Matt Forte will not run for 100 yards. The Bills will find a way to win, and I think if Sammy Watkins plays, that makes their chances even better. They have a great running game, and the Bills are ready to prove something this year with Doug Marone. I can't believe I'm uttering these words, <laughs> but give me the Bills on the road. Well, DJ. what a first show it was for us all here this week. We did it. We did it, Matt. You made it through your first show. Wow, man. Thanks. Drew, you, Thanks, Drew you gave us some great fantasy advice. Maybe a little obvious, but, hey, <laughs> you're getting things rolling here, Pat. You didn't talk Patriots at all. That was a blessing. We didn't talk oh, Manziel. Thank God. Didn't talk Manziel to the 45-minute Just wait. Mark. It's coming. It'll, right. it'll come eventually this season. So, <laughs> for Pat Burns, Sean Hayner, Drew Casey, my partner in crime, Matty Morrow, this is DJ Sixsmith. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy that football. Enjoy that football.